Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to us going on rants about some of the articles we found on women and happiness. So yeah, <laughs> this is part two. It is a part two. And I feel like we could have a part three, part four. We're really hoping to hear from you listeners. Yes. We do want a part three with your opinions. Yes. Yes. We're due for a listener mail segment. So send those our way. Check out part one if you haven't already. Because uh, apparently yeah, people have a lot of thoughts on women and happiness. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not great. It's not great. So picking back up, yeah, we did recently just read a couple of articles. One was specifically about uh, the fact that feminism was uh, killing happiness, essentially, from a 2021 20, article written from a conservative perspective and about why, you know, happiness can be found through utilizing our bodies. So that's at the end of the article. And then we also talked about the fact that uh, Dolan, who we did talk about this report previously, said that single women, single childless women, may be one of the higher, happier population. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah, we talked about all of that. But uh, we, continuing on with a couple more articles, and one's actually a comic. I believe Aubrey Hirsch, who uh, spotlighted this article, but then also did the illustrations and the writing for this comic. So uh, if you want to go look at it, you should. Again, it's written by Aubrey Hirsch in the Vox. Uh, women are increasingly unhappy. This comic explains why or women happy chores gender gap. Okay. And it's part of the happiness issue of the highlight of Vox. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So hopefully I do this justice because it is a comic. You're supposed to be reading it. And she gets it from different reports. So it starts with uh, a sign that says, Women strike for peace and equality. American women have made progress since 1970. Women today are better educated and better paid than we were in 1970. So it has a little graph. Continues on. We have more support in our work at home as well as more opportunities outside the home. 
We've made real gains toward equal rights and reproductive freedom. And yet, in the decades between 1970 and 2005, women's self-reported happiness scores have declined both in the absolute and relative to men's scores. Um, There isn't any more recent data on the phenomenon, but additionally, studies have shown trends in women's psychology that help answer the troubling question. If women have made so many substantive gains in the last 50 years, why are we less happy? One culprit might be the women's changing expectations as our opportunities in life and work increase. So did our opportunities to compare ourselves not just to other women, but to the men around us. Our expanding awareness of our persisting limitations might cause us to report feeling less happy. The growing complexity of women's lives may also be a factor. In 1970, a woman who was primarily a homemaker might judge her happiness based solely on her family life, whereas a woman 50 years later might be considering circumstances at home and at work. All of this is good news, since it suggests that it's our frame of reference for happiness that may have shifted, and the bar has been raised. But another explanation for the persistence of the male-female happiness gap is that men may have reaped more than their share of benefits from the women's movement. Marriage economists Betsy Stevenson and Justin Wolfers speculate that while men enjoy the spoils of sexual revolution, they are far less impacted by the decline of traditional families and rising economic inequality. And although men's contributions have increased, women still do, on average, more than twice the housework that men do, according to the leading family researcher Scott Coltrane. Because women's increasing participation in the workforce has not been met with a proportionally decreasing responsibilities at home, many women are now forced to work what sociologists Arlie Russell Hushild and Anne Machang called the second shift that cuts into our leisure time. This exposes some of the work we still need to do. Until we can enjoy real equality in every sphere, women's happiness is bound to lag behind men's. And then if you go low, she has a little uh, hierarchy of needs for women, essentially. At the bottom, it's bodily autonomy. Second is safety, then justice, then education, then work, then at the top, home. Hmm, that's an interesting. I've never seen this. Mm-hmm. Especially now that we're finally close enough to see what we're missing. So Hmm. that was the end of it. Um, Again, this is 2019, and we talked about this in reference to the pandemic. And I found that interesting. And that, again, that hierarchy uh, pyramid that they have created specifically for women's happiness. That was interesting. I've never seen that. Yeah. And I think, again, if you haven't listened to part one, go listen to it. But I think that's a really good point that is made in this comic, is that it's also maybe the bars shifting. Because... As women moved into the workplace, we were like, wait, so now I'm, I'm doing this job, but also still expected to do this thing from before, which is like the house care and the child care and all this stuff. And, and I, we talked about it in a recent book club, but the, the idea of men really reaping the benefits from the women's movement in terms of like the sexual revolution, where they don't have to like raise the children if that, if that happens. And that kind of being the impetus for uh, why abortion became such a big hot-button issue. I think that's a really good point to make, too, because obviously it is important. It is kind of like our whole thing. 
But uh, there are still these societal inequalities where men are benefiting off of, oh, your work now, and also you'll still do the housework and take care of the kids. Fantastic. Both of us are tired, but you're going to cook dinner, yeah? Right. Right. What are we having? Mm Mm-hmm. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association member FDIC. interesting because we talked about this in a previous episode when we were talking about the fact that the feminist movement uh, was based on women going to work and leaving the home, but that right. leaves behind the women who do want to stay at home and having to shift both narratives and not being able to be a part of that movement because they're like, no, 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 you need to get out. Right. But it, it was also very like, oh, this is very classist mm-hmm. as well as racist uh, mm-hmm. to to not think about all of these other underlying needs here. But this is kind of that same conversation of like the the bar has been changed what we have now focused on as important leaves behind what uh, needs to be addressed as well, but we don't want to focus on it because it's, it's too much of an old school idea for us to look at. And that includes who does work at the home and how do you share it and how do you become equal, not just out in the work place, which is what we typically focus on because, you know, money mm-hmm. and paychecks are measurable. Right. Right. And I think also just the, it's unfortunately been very effective, the kind of anti-feminism narrative. And a lot of these things that we talked about, even like strategic incompetence, where it's 
that for a lot of women, the bar is just of success is just higher and expectations is just higher. Um, that is something we feel ourselves because we were raised that way, but it's also put on us. And right. so I think that's a part of this too, is that whole like, you can have it all, you can do it all. And then we'll give you like the most passing of smattering praise and then not give you any raises or anything. But like, oh, wow, you were able to do all of that. I can't believe it. How do you do it anyway? <laughs> um, and because you've done it, we expect it. Exactly. And we'll be disappointed if you can't keep doing it. Exactly. Or won't keep doing it. And if you have children, it's so hard. It's just very effective to use children against women in that argument of, well, the children right. are going to suffer if you don't step up or if you don't do those things. Um, and that, like, Or you're not fit for the workplace if you care too much about your children. Exactly. Because then you don't care as much about your work. Right. Um, as a, oh, you're just a woman. Mm-hmm. Thinking about babies. But yeah, I also really do like the idea, as you were saying, is that mindset. And they do talk about that at the beginning, about the fact that we put pressure on ourselves, but we don't necessarily. It's that society puts pressure on us. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to the first article that we talked about in part one, where they're like, oh, they just want to blame the patriarchy. But if a system existed in order to keep maintain power for one specific gender, one specific race then yeah, they're still to blame and we should call it out. So stop shaming that. And that is that conversation is that because we have to, I mean, God dang it. The fact that we're talking about a Supreme Court justice nominee, Katanji Brown Jackson, and the fact that she is so overly qualified, literally the people who oppose her, Lindsey Graham said, she's amazing. She's qualified. I'm going to vote no. Mm-hmm. That tells you right there, right there, what kind of system is set up. And it's not just a mindset because she has completely proven herself repeatedly Mm -hmm. with these obnoxious questions that have nothing to do with being a judge or a Supreme Court justice. But yet, she's deemed as not qualified by a certain group of people who want to maintain a status quo. Yeah, and I think that... That is part of what we're talking about here. Because again, these were articles that sort of popped up early in the Google search when it's like women and happiness. And like one of the first ones is like, feminism is ruining happiness. And the other one is like, oh, single women are more happy. And then this one is like, happiness is going down, but here's why. And I think that that's, I believe I said this in the last one too, is it's, we're seeing these injustices. We're seeing that. We're seeing this very qualified right. woman being told, like, that doesn't matter, essentially. And so, we've talked about this in so many episodes, because I think of gaming, too, where it's like, we'll let Mm -hmm. let women come in and play with us, but only if they play second string, they play by our rules, they're still for us to look at, they're still like, we are in control of this, you're just for us... And it's so cute you want to play in this, like, sandbox with us. But if you rock anything in this boat... You're out. <laughs> We're going to yell at you to go make a sandwich. Which, by the way, every time I've seen a TikTok <laughs> video of women gamers coming in and just destroying these dudes who are like, oh, she's coming in. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you hear the, uh, I guess, is it uh, Twitch streamers who play with each other? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Games. Y'all, things I don't understand. Uh Uh, But at one point, you know, you hear the dude saying, oh, here she comes, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she may not say anything. Typically, the women don't say anything. They just come in. You see a picture of her face smiling because she knows she's about to rip them. Mm -hmm. 
And then when she starts, they're like, oh, man, what is she doing? Dude, what are you doing? And like yelling at her. And then she'll say something along the lines of, along the lines of oh, I thought you said I, no one could do that. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you out. And they're like, go make us a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then essentially running away from her <laughs> after she like beats their ass. Yeah. But yeah, that's that constant like need. And I, like seriously, that one phrase is continually said. Yeah. Go make us a sandwich. Uh-huh. Is that the, a, a key phrase that I don't know about? Is that supposed to be like a trigger button thing that where the boys come in? Yeah. And pile on? I don't know. I mean, because uh, I remember uh, when I was at Georgia Tech and there was like a Hillary Clinton rally. Somebody, people came and showed up and said that, like, go back to the kitchen. Um, go make us a sandwich. So I think that's a very, like, just trying to reduce women and make them kind of the subservient position. I mean, couldn't it be like, go make us a pot roast? Oh, it's much more difficult. <laughs> um, I guess it depends on the sandwich. Uh, but I do think, I do think that 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 kind of constant, like, you can't escape these things, right? If I like go to play a right. video game, then it's always like a reminder to me that I'm viewed this way. And I think that's also a piece of this puzzle of like why women aren't as happy because it's just a constant deluge of sexist nonsense that you have to like have the strength to combat it when even internally you might be dealing with imposter syndrome or whatever it is right in the face of all of this nonsense and again we talked about imposter syndrome and the fact that this imposter syndrome is not necessarily just that we think that we can't do it Mm -hmm. it's been that it's been ingrained into our minds and repeatedly told Mm -hmm. that we can't do it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just us pretending that we can't. It's because we've been told. So we need to lay the responsibility where it needs to be laid. Mm -hmm. But, you know, something on top of what we've been researching in this and as we're reading these articles, of course, with that, it showed us a lot of articles about where people are happy. Mm -hmm. And there was one article, and it wasn't just about women, but about just being happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. 
brilliantly boring since 1865 as a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. So we wanted to end with this article, which is titled, Want to Make Your Country Happier? Elect Women. This came out in 2021, um, and it was by Rian Eisler and Robin Baker, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, And it was in Miss Magazine. So here's some quotes from that. Happiness is often perceived as an elusive feeling, a fleeting moment in a person's life. National happiness might sound absurd, but a recent study by the United Nations reveals that happiness can actually be a public policy with highly successful results. The 2021 World Happiness Report shows that high levels of government spending on human infrastructure, the services and systems that improve people's quality of life, are the key to happiness. The top-ranked countries of the World Happiness Report share this high level of public investment in human infrastructure. Finland came in first for the fourth year in a row, followed by Denmark, Switzerland, Iceland, and the Netherlands. They have very healthy market economies precisely because they invest heavily in caring for people starting at birth. These countries are not socialist. They simply have more women in leadership positions. Finland, for example, passed the Parliament Act to give women the right to vote and run for parliamentary elections in 1906, much earlier than the U.S., and today women are about half of Finland's national legislature. However, neither the World Happiness Report nor policymakers acknowledge the connection between the two. Human infrastructure is supported by women in leading government positions. This correlation can be explained by another still generally ignored fact— That care work, such as caring for children and the elderly, has been devalued under a hidden gendered system of values that has gone along with a ranking of men, masculinity over women, femininity. Women in leadership positions understand this historic pattern and that its solution lies in providing more choices to families for access to public services that help nurture human development and balance the gender division of labor. Therefore, the presence of women in government leads to more caring policies that support human infrastructure for all, from high-quality early education to universal health care. However, the participation of women in a government's policymaking requires a pre-existing high status of women in general. International studies show that the status of women is a powerful predictor of a nation's general equality of life and economic success. Already in 1995, based on statistical data from 89 nations, the Center for Partnership Studies published a report titled Women, Men, and the Global Quality of Life, demonstrating this exact correlation. Since then, other studies, such as the World Values Survey and the World Economic Forum's Gender Gap Reports, have also confirmed the correlation between a country's standards of living and economy and the status of women. The rise of women's status empowers women to run for government— Nonetheless, little attention has been given to the economic success of the nations with the lowest gender gaps such as Finland, Norway, Denmark, and Sweden. In reality, a higher valuing of the stereotypical feminine, caring, caregiving, and nonviolence is not only good for women. It is also good for men and children of both genders as well as for business. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I had a moment of like having to hold it in when we talked about care Mm -hmm. work. And I'm like, yeah! Mm-hmm. As I shouted again. But this is obviously a stark contrast from the first article that we read at the uh, beginning of this two-parter. When it does talk about the fact that from birth to death, you expect us to take care of women and children, 
And this is like, oh, yeah, seriously, that makes us happy yeah. from birth to death. And I will say this is also, this magazine is a little more, is biased in that it is left-leaning, mm-hmm. like us. So I'm not going to say, because the other one I did say is conservative, this is definitely left-leaning, as well as the fact, though, unlike the other report where I had to try to click on the research that they penned for us that went to another conservative article mm-hmm. without the actual, I could not get to the Pew research unless I just type it in by myself. Mm-hmm. This one actually does highlight the actual, like you click on it, it takes you to that actual statistic mm-hmm. and study. So something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. But I love everything about this article. Um, it is an implication of where the U.S. is. And, and and if you read the whole article, the bottom talks about the current administration and what they are doing or how they're trying to fix it. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about the study that they, they're talking about. Finland has been the number one happiest country. Of course, there's a whole other conversation about the intersectionality of it all and who is able to thrive in those areas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we can come back to that and we should come back to that. But the overall fact that, yes, helping women and having women in leadership actually makes everyone happy. Yeah. That just makes so much sense to me. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, women are half the population. And they do have these historically different areas that they've been living in and and in terms of like raising children and being the ones responsible for that largely. And the like undervalued care work, which we were talking about is, I mean, that's huge. If you have somebody come in, it'd be like, no, this is important and we need this and that's going to help our economy and it's going to help happiness. And that's going to just uplift all of these sections of our country. To me, that just makes sense. (laughs) Right. And here's the other part to this, uh, because that first article got me heated. And the Mm -hmm. fact that it was one of the first things I could find, I was like, ah! Mm -hmm. We talk about the unity, and this is talking about, you know, and and the article makes sure to say, these countries are not socialists. Mm -hmm. Because we know the word socialism has really sparked a lot of anger Mm -hmm. and along political lines. But when it comes to like the biblical essence of community, that has been disbanded in the conservative ideas from what I've gathered. That whole conversation when she says the you know, an intentionally dystopian portrait thought up during the Obama administration, which is hilarious, was meant to let us know that government is here to supply our every need from birth to death without placing any kind of demands on our behavior. So obviously it was like, you need to take responsibility from birth to death, la da da. You don't need help. Mm-hmm. It's obvious what's being said. It's saying that you need to be able to take care of your own and take care of your responsibilities. We're not going to help you. Just deal with it. Even though the crisis pregnancy center really, you said they do help, but they don't. You Mm -hmm. just said it starts you on a path, but they also say, you know, you need to take responsibility and not expect any kind of demands, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then we have this article showing an example where they say they have a very healthy market precisely because they invest heavily in caring for people starting at birth, right. which is a stark contrast in what she is saying. But we have an example here of what is working. And we know that this country was based on very conservative religious ideas like what she just said. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that we've talked before about, in this country specifically, how we um, really, we really hold up like 
capitalist ideas and, and work and making money and you do it on your own, you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And we've made that into like a myth, like an ideology. This is what you want. And that we also kind of have really centered masculinity and masculine traits and, and behaviors. And I've talked recently about like, you know, that glorification of the ass. I think that's at play here. But then also, there's just kind of related, there's just this narrative that, I don't know, it's clear that we're rich people and capitalism have such a hold on this country where we're like, yeah, it's more important that we give these like tax breaks and subsidies to rich people who help people get elected and everyone else is just like making less and less and getting less and less and getting worse off and the gap is getting bigger. And so the happiness part is, I mean... I know I've said it before, but my mom told me once money doesn't buy happiness, but it makes it easier. So if we had the support from birth, or it's not, it's just, you know, being able to afford childcare or like anything like that, that gives you the space to build a healthier society that is happier. And some of that is also being able to afford giving to your children. Mm -hmm. And and I don't mean to spoil them. That's not what I'm talking about because, yes, those rich people who give the kids, like, cars at age three, Mm -hmm. that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) But what I'm talking about is, like, my family and my parents who couldn't give me the teeth that I needed, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, as a child, and feeling bad about that and coming back and being like, I'm so sorry, we couldn't provide that for you. You know, giving me a car so that I could do activities. Not that that I was able to earn it, but like we're teaching our children that the only way you can do this is to drive yourself into the ground for a capitalistic idea at earning minimum wage at this age and then trying to prioritize money over education, prioritize money over love and like all of these things Mm -hmm. is a whole different conversation. And can we do it? Yeah, we have. We've done it. Could it be a different story if we didn't have to? Yeah. And are we saying all women in leadership is great? No. No. We have prime examples of like, why did you do this? What did you? We're talking about qualified women (laughs) and qualified men. Mm -hmm. Who support. Again, though, (laughs) it's harder to find underqualified women. We can. There's Mm -hmm. always exceptions to the rule. But it's Mm -hmm. harder to find underqualified women than it is to find underqualified men. (laughs) (laughs) Just sort of a numbers game, but yeah. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, again, it just makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling conflicted. (laughs) <laughs> these happiness episodes have got me all <laughs> the so thoughts. it's not too negative no but kind of negative it's like a back and forth it is it is and I think there's a lot of just examining we need to do of the narratives we've been fed our whole lives exactly of what happiness even is yes well speaking of <laughs> listeners <laughs> again we need those happiness stories from you any thoughts any people we should be talking about, any movements we should be talking about, anything at all, please let us know. You can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. 
Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. 